You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Broken records. The albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records. The music our guests can't live without. Like Judy. Barbara. Liza. Bet. Betty. Audra. Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Patty Welcome to Ben Remmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World, Broadway Podcast Network, and in some markets, Broadway On Demand. <laughs> I am your host, Ben Remmelauer, and I am here with the holiest of holies, Daniel Nolan. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Today, we are taking a little step not so much out of our comfort zone, because this, if, if anything <laughs> is in our comfort zone, it is this show. It sure is. But we are um, doing something a little different today, which is we are doing our, is it our first TV show? Is that right? I mean, it seems so crazy because all I do is watch TV shows, but I think it is our first time corn streaming an actual TV show. Yeah, which, I mean, it makes me excited to see the response to this because... Well, technically, I mean, your favorite piece of art is a TV show, uh, Showstoppers, the best of Broadway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have done a lot of TV broadcasts. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, God, Showstoppers. Um, <laughs> it was, a, it was a, a dark time. In the, you, love, the you love to hate it. <laughs> uh, no, no, many, many wonderful performances in that, in that piece. Yes. Um, just like there are in this piece, uh, yes. girls five Eva. O M G I heart girls five Eva. I want to be three together with them five ever. <laughs> what are you waiting five? <laughs> I am waiting five getting three morrow or ladies, <laughs> later this week when we can share our joy with the world. This is it's like pig Latin. It's like it kind of takes some thinking as as you're talking in the I am language. Not smart enough. My pandemic brain is not able to do that. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's all three smart for me. Um, snap, but, snap. Sounds like you are just smart enough. I uh, I'm smart enough, but what I'm not, as we were saying before we started this, because uh, you. Funnily enough, changed your name on here, even though I am the only one who can see it, which I appreciate. Um, Nobody knows, saying, right? Just like I do on our weekly live stream chat show next year, some year, available on Broadway World's Facebook page as well as Broadway Podcast Network's YouTube channel, where every week I have a different name, some mm-hmm. variation on my name, Ben, but mm-hmm. in keeping with the um, things being discussed on that episode. I do that when we record the podcast on the podcast, um, uh, what do you call it, program, (laughs) Program. Zencaster. And I do it, and the only person that ever will know about it or see it is Daniel, but I do it just to make Daniel laugh. And I can only really see half of it because it cuts off most of it. So it's it's kind of, uh, it's a fun exercise when I have to actually ask what it is. And so today I just say, I see free Phil, and Ben said it's, Free Phillips, which is the opposite of Busy Phillips. And I said, honey, I am the opposite of Busy Phillips these days, too. I am wide open Phillips. Mm -mm. 
uh, people are like, I know people message me like, let's get coffee soon. I know you're probably really busy. I'm like, if you only knew how non-busy I am. Except that for me, the whole spectrum has shifted. Like, oh, sure, for sure, for sure. Like, what I consider busy is just different. Yeah, it's not like, that I'm not busy, it's just that I define it differently. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'm busy, but I'm busy watching Nomadland for the third time in one week. Oh, my I have, God. I have a date with uh, Frankie McDormand. Well, that, them's Nomadland recommending words. Yes, yes. Francis, our friend of the pod, Dana, on um, Lady Watch Awards podcast, which is great. Uh, I love how she refers to it as Francis McDormadland. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is not about Nomadland, but I will say I, I did watch it again. And it's such a great movie, especially when you're just like blissed out in bed and wanting to take a journey with like old women who are penniless and traveling across the country um speaking of taking a journey with old women mm-hmm. i um funny enough will be appearing as rose nylon and actually her name is rose nylon in a golden <laughs> girls parody which oh, um oh. <laughs> i you texted me this and you said i'm appearing as rose and i thought you were like guest starring as mama rose that is just how gay i am just out gaying the golden girls <laughs> yeah truly truly <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I just can't picture um, you as a rose. It will but be I'm sure in Jer- you'll, you'll be wonderful. In Jericho, Long Island. I didn't picture myself as a rose either. Either when I when I got the first um, message saying that they wanted me to replace a performer in the Golden Girls parody show, I I actually posted this on Twitter because I was like, you know what? I'm a Dorothy's son, Sophia Moon with a Blanche Rising. Yes, um, that's and I, I really truly feel like the one golden girl that I'm not is Rose. Yes, um, but wouldn't you know it? The role that they needed me for is Rose. But I have to say, I was doing the script in my apartment, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like I can I can get there. I feel oh, like sure. it's it's Rose is in my my wheelhouse too. Totally. I mean, you know, Betty White was famously the opposite of Rose in real life. So many people don't realize that Betty White was a middle-aged hairy Jewish man with a distinctive (laughs) voice and a taste for loud belters. Right. Exactly. Um, that, Oh my God, I I'm so stupid that you like text me that and you said, I'm playing, they want me to play Rose. And I was literally picturing you like starring as like mama Rose coming onto the, (laughs) onto, uh, into Miami to visit. Like, I thought that's how gay it was. They were doing a little crossover. I was like, well, of course they would want Ben for mama Rose. Like who else could play it? (laughs) Thank you. That is the nicest compliment I've ever received. How strongly I associate you with that role. Is that like, I just assumed it was Madam Rose, not Rose Nyland. (laughs) Oh, I really, I'm really deeply touched. Um, anyway, well, that was, that's, that's the pod. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. <laughs> Broken record. Yeah. Cue the theme song. Cue, cue the Golden Girls theme song. Um, well, speaking of Golden Girls, no greater segue, uh, because this show gives us four different ladies, uh, mm. all of, you know, it, we do the same thing we do when watching Sex and the City or Golden Girls is the whole time I'm just like assigning each, uh, lady, uh, to different people I know and who would play who. Um, and Girls 5 Eva is uh, kind of, I think you said this as we were watching it together, it's kind of like our current version of Golden Girls, or it has the potential to be what Golden Girls was. Slash Designing Women, yes. slash Sex in the City. I yes. mean, I have to say, like, this show, if anyone is uh, is sleeping on this, they need to get on Peacock and yeah. watch Girls 5 Eva. I mean, get your it's, free um, trial. Tina Fey is one of the executive producers, and um, it is about, it's about a re, twenty year later reunion of a '90s girl group, mm-hmm. and the girl girl group is played by Renee Elise Goldsberry mm-hmm. and Paula Pell, mm-hmm. Busy Phillips, and um, Sarah Bareilles. Sarah Bareilles, hello. hello, and um, they are you know like in the tradition of those great. Uh, lady TV shows we mentioned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are such four complimentary women. Yes. yes. And, and and people you would never, 
like I would never have thought to put these four women together, but no when they way. are put together, it is such the perfect mix. Totally. So, so very that. And, and also this show, I mean, it really is just so perfect for us. And I feel like probably so many of our listeners and friends, mm-hmm. because it's like, it really combines it like that sort of like first wives club. Wait, I actually yes. think I have a note about this. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, it, it it's like it's like first wives club it, it's as well what i wrote which was not what i was hoping i'd written but uh but i did say it's as funny as bridesmaids and it's yeah. as satisfying and fabulous as first wives club mm-hmm. and i really mean that i mean i belly laughed oh same da- daniel and i watched the first half of the season together and i was actually i mean daniel obviously if there's anyone i should be comfortable with it's Daniel Nolan, but I literally was embarrassed because I was laughing so hard. I w- Daniel can tell me tell you I'm not lying. I was snorting. Yes, totally. Well, and then I finished. We finished the last half of the series separately, and I found that like I was laughing just as you know. It's when you watch it with someone, it's like laughter is contagious and all that. But I was yeah. laughing just as much by myself, like alone in my house. Um, me too. Me too. Belly laughing, you know, and that takes a lot for me to to belly laugh at at a joke. So it's very, it's so good. It's so smartly written. And it feels um, so hip. It's like, it's one of those shows you watch where you feel like, you know, like sometimes like I try to watch, and this also, this especially happens with like network television shows where I'll watch it and I'll feel like, "Mm, this could have been written in the nineties or the seventies or something like, you know, this show just felt so like answer to the moment we are living in right now. Exactly. And and like you were saying about First Wives Club and uh, Bridesmaids, um, it's just, it's such a satisfying premise already, yes. especially for people like us. It's like, the idea is, you know, getting the band back together, this kind of yeah. Spice Girls-ish group from uh, the 90s, getting back to, getting the band back together, and they're all different now. They've all gone their separate ways, trying to get famous again, but also juggling, like, their real life at the same time. Which, and their real lives are all over the map. And I just want to say for any of the old queens, you know who I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. if you are an Ethel Merman gypsy fan, mm-hmm. if you saw the original production of Follies 20 times and you heard Daniel say Spice Girls and you were like, mm, that's not really my bag. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm alive from the time of Spice Girls, but I was mm-hmm. already such an old queen at a young age that like, I only know literally one Spice Girls song and I do not know which Spice Girl is which. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter this show takes the journey for you. It sure does. And, and like, like we said earlier, the, the mix of all the league girls is so delicious. And now that I think about it, it is kind of golden girlsy in that it mixes kind of real TV veterans, uh, like Paula Pell and busy Phillips with people that we know so much from Broadway, like Sarah and Renee Lee Goldsberry. I will say for Renee, like, um, while, you know, of course she won a Tony for Hamilton and, Mm -hmm. you know, we've loved her since, I mean, the first thing I saw her in was the original production of the color purple in like 2000, you know, five or six Mm -hmm. or whatever. But, but I, you know, I know she's done a million things. Um, I also saw her in the Baker's wife at the York theater. Um, playing the role of Patty Lapone. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but she's been, she was a regular on the good wife. I mean, she's not a regular, sure, sure. but you know, yes. a, a recurring. recurring. Yeah. 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 I mean, and Sarah, you know, we, we know her from her music and then she was uh, of course hit it big with waitress. Um, but she was the one who I just was so impressed. You know, I was, I love this journey for her, this kind of, uh, I mean, I don't know how old she is. I guess I could look it up right here, but she's got to be about my age, right? Yeah. Or close to it. Let's yeah. see. She's 40, I'm, 41. I'm, yeah. Oh, she's, she's younger. I just turned 45, but, um, she, uh, but, you know, just, but she's the anchor of the show. She's the I anchor. Mean, she's had like leading this real, this big, con- uh, I mean, not really network, but Peacock comedy. Um, I mean, she's definitely the carry, you know, she's the carry um, and she, she's so great. She's so, so, so great. So great. Um, and I think we were, we mentioned this as we were watching it, but she's just so real, you know, she's so just, real. she seems like just your neighbor in Queens who's like really talented, but like, yeah, you, you, you pointed also... out that like her teeth are like not yeah. actually, there's even a line about there's it. In a joke. Thing. Yeah, I have all my real teeth or original teeth. Yeah. Original, yeah, she, yeah. Has, she has those little things that I, I have one on my tooth. It's like those little like white marks on the, on your two front teeth. 
which it's like it's kind of endearing, you know, and you can tell. You know what's endearing is the way you say the word white. <laughs> Do I say it without the H? White. No, I say it without the H. You oh, say, say it white. You have like a big fat H. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> um, yeah, Betty White. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. I'll have to, I'll have to uh, pay attention to that. Um, <laughs> make your whites whiter. Um, no, cut that. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, and also Paula Pell, I mean, I, I, of course, know her work. I mean, from everything from SNL to 30 Rock to all the Amy and Tina uh, SNL movies, Bridesmaids. She is such a force in the comedy world, but I don't think I'd ever seen her in such a big role like this and she i would say she was probably if i had to choose she was like my favorite yeah i mean she's i mean she uh i mean i've been a little bit like in love with her since um she did the documentary now uh, where they did the original cast of company oh, that's right. yeah, I always and she's that. like, you know, the Elaine Strange yeah. character. I gotta um, go. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, so I knew she could sing. Um, <laughs> what's the line from waiting for Guffman? I knew he could sing. I knew it was funny, but his dramatical work. Um, but no, but she is so, I mean, uh, she certainly gave me the most belly laughs. I think oh, for um, sure. For sure. And, and- uh, yeah, I mean, she, she, but I don't know. I, it's like, you know, Sarah Burles is really the um, the heart. And mm-hmm. I mean, and Renee Lee Goldsberry is just like the diva. I mean, yeah, she's like the Blanche, the Samantha. She reminded me so much of, um, uh, of Jenna Maroney on 30 Rock. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But also kind of like every character Maya Rudolph ever played on SNL. <laughs> and I mean, she was just, she's really, really so fabulous and just, um, uh, but, you know, also like Busy Phillips, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's like, I guess in a way she's kind of like the Rose, you know, or like. Or like um, the Charlotte. You, yeah. Like kind of um, the, dumb, the dumb one. But, you know, but it's kind of like a dumb blonde. So, you know, you might even want to say that she's the Blanche or something. But I mean, it's not really, you know, it's not a direct but they're analogy. they're so specific, you know, like yes, Biz- yes. Busy is like the ditzy one, but she's also like in this sexless, like Christian marriage. And, yeah. and then, you know, uh, Paula Pell is is kind of the smart one, like the Miranda. She's also like a lesbian dentist who, you know, oh is like God. the big girl. I mean, it's just like all all of them can fit into these categories, but they're also like uber specific, which makes them all the more delicious. Oh my God, Paula Pell, when they're doing the rehearsal and she does it over FaceTime while she's doing, <laughs> performing oral surgery on a man. With that, like with those goggles on. Oh my God, oh my God. Like the physical comedy is <laughs> next level. Next level, truly. Um, I mean, I, I just, if anyone is not watching this, by the way, it's an eight episode season, less than half an hour per episode. Oh my God. It's my, like my dream. It's truly the <laughs> dream length for me. My worst nightmare. My, the only thing that gives me any solace is the hope that it will just run for many, many seasons. Oh, for sure. And and that's the thing I loved about it too, was that like throughout the eight episodes, like not that much happens plot wise. I mean, like the band, they get back together, but then each episode is them kind of like trying out a new aspect of the band getting back together. But like, they really leave it open-ended to like a lot more can happen. Like they don't really sew it up neatly enough to where you're doubtful that there'll be way more. Yeah, totally. Um, Uh, I have a question. What just in terms of the whole golden girls, sex in the city, designing women, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. those, archetypes and paradigms i was thinking like in terms of these four women mm-hmm. like which do you think that you and i are um, i mean i feel like can i tell you what i thought yes go ahead <laughs> i feel like i am like a paula pell renee elise goldsberry mm. and you are a sarah Bareilles busy phillips i couldn't agree more i think that's totally spot on I mean, it's a good thing we don't have any more friends. Otherwise, we would have to, <laughs> we would have okay. to split it up. So your my drag name is going to be my my drag name is going to be Busy Borellis, and <laughs> and yours will be uh, uh, Paula Elise Goldsberry. <laughs> Elise Goldsberg. Goldsberg, not Goldsberg. You can't just you can't just add another name to make me a Jew. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, 
Oh, I just also looking at their name. I just noticed that Busy and and Busy and Borellis, their names, their character names are Summer and Dawn. So I could also just be Summer Dawn. Summer Dawn is that's my good. porn name. And then that your, is so good. Yours would yours would be Gloria Wiki, which <laughs> Gloria Wiki sounds like like a detective or something. <laughs> um, oh my god. Anyway, oh, but we have to mention. I mean, we are on you know. Uh, Broadway-focused networks. So, I mean, let's talk about the just smorgasbord of guest stars from Broadway that are in this program. Oh, God, it's everybody. Everybody. I mean, mean, Andrew Rannells plays, you know, the hilarious Christian uh, hermit crab rescuer. Uh, Ashley Park from Mean Girls plays, like, the fifth girl who we usually only see in, well, we have only ever seen in flashbacks and holograms. And, um, well, also from Mean Girls, Erica Henningsen. Actually, I think almost the whole cast of Mean Girls is in it, including, uh, well, Erica Henningsen, I should just say, um, plays uh, young Paula Pell. Oh, that's um, right, yeah. And um, But also from Mean Girls and Hello, Dolly! And Disaster, oh, oh, Jennifer Simard. Sweet and Rosie O'Grady herself. I mean, I literally sang the line from... Um, Song and dance. Well, I'm always glad to see you, Viv. When Jennifer <laughs> Samar came on, I was like, I'm always glad to see you, Samard. Uh And she has a really, really big uh, episode. I mean, she's kind of like in that whole episode with them in the she's cabin. She's very, I mean, I don't want to give a spoiler, but it pays off really well the very end of her yeah. episode. Oh, and she gets like the little button at the end of the episode. Like, it's yes. so funny. Also, Broadway star Vanessa Williams, oh, fabulous God, yes. in this. Well, and uh, you know, Broadway writer Tina Fey uh, plays Dolly Parton. I mean, and- that episode is. I was I was reading an article with the interview, uh, an interview uh, article interview with the creator uh, Meredith Scardino, who is kind of like you know a Tina Fey protege. But and- she, she for SNL and yes. Colbert Report, right? Yeah. Oh my God! Did you hear what I said? Colbert Report. I said Colbert Report. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was reading this interview with with Meredith Scardino, and she was saying that like when as she was directing, or or I don't know if she was the director of the episode, but as she was watching Tina as Dolly playing basketball with Sarah Bareilles, she was like, <laughs> I can't believe there's some people are letting us do this, and that's how I Seriously. felt watching it. Like I can't believe we are allowed to like this is this is something we're actually being given like it feels like such a gift and and for me it's so like such a specific joy that I get from Dolly Parton and then Tina Fey as Dolly Parton just doing such a unique but spot-on impression spot-on I mean I, mean, I that I will go heaven. down as one of the great is your cat blow-drying its hair <laughs> no there I, someone's leaf blowing outside um so rude um uh yeah Tina's Dolly is like I, honestly, I feel like now I can do Dolly because I can do oh, Tina yeah. doing Well, Dolly. they said, and they said she did it just kind of during the uh, the table read for that episode. She just did it just like casually. And I, I don't even know if they had planned on her doing it, but like she hadn't even like prepared. She just had that impression like on deck and they said it was so perfect that they wanted her to do it. And my favorite line is... Uh, She's trying to help, you know, Sarah Bareilles write her song, this big song for the group. And she says, now we're cooking with burnt grease. It's <laughs> <laughs> like so perfect. Um, other like just Broadway um, cameos yes. that uh, should be mentioned uh, include um, Daniel Breaker mm-hmm, um, from mm-hmm. Passing Strange, who plays Sarah Bareilles' uh, and many other shows, plays Sarah Bareilles' husband. And um, Will Chase. Will Chase um, plays one of the judges on the show. Oh, and, well, and not broad, not Broadway yet, but one of the greatest um, cameos is Bowen Yang. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, he plays like the um, the lip sync YouTube influencer, which is just, it's so perfect for him even, anyway, because he's, you know, some of his lip sync videos have gone viral. Um, um, well, so Bowen Yang is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Stephen Colbert also 
Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Colbert. Jimmy Colbert. Uh, wearing that, as you said, Barbara Streisand wig is so funny. And oh, and Broadway's Alicia Umfriss has Alicia a very Umfriss. special cameo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and she, and they really do not waste her time or talent because no, they, they let not. her sing a really, really yummy belt note. I love that, like, Alicia Umfriss is such an incredible, incredible singer with such an enormous gift that mm-hmm. literally, like, on TV, on, like, a high-budget, like, Peacock, Tina Fey, all-star, big rollout series when they're like, we need somebody to come on. Literally, the yep. casting description was, we need a woman with just the best voice ever. Yeah. And they and were Alicia like... Umfriss type. <laughs> yeah. I mean, props. Props, props, props. Well, and and I never... Did you ever see Mean Girls on Broadway? I didn't. No, they wouldn't. I kept telling them that you and I wanted to come as major um, zeitgeist, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, forces, uh, influencers, and they, they would not hook me up with the press tickets. Well, maybe this will be the episode that gets us on the list. Didn't it close? Oh, did it? Oh, oops. Sorry. R.A.P. Well, but, I, you know... I mean, I, obviously, Tina is like a like one of the biggest people in show business. Yeah. But, um, watching this, I was like, oh, like you know, the fact that there are so many Mean Girls alum in it, and it's just so Broadway heavy. Um, I don't know. I, it just made me excited to see what Tina does on Broadway next. Yeah. I mean, it also is just like, I mean, going back to the idea of like them saying, I can't believe we get to do this and you Mm -hmm. feeling like I can't believe we get to watch it. Mm -hmm. It really just like is one of those, it reminds me of the way I felt when I first saw the first Wives Club, Mm. when I was like, this is like mainstream entertainment that was made for me. And and yet there are still so many, uh, I mean, maybe this is changing a bit, but I still feel like people are shocked whenever these type of projects you know, yeah, are so successful. because most mainstream entertainment is not this, you know? Right, right. And it's like, you know, I feel like America is like monster trucks, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, um, and but seeing something like this, you're like, no, you guys, like Obama's president, everything's okay. Yeah, everyone's gay, Kimmy, it's the 90s. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, who else? Are there any other Broadway greats we're missing? Um, here, I'll look at I mean, the, of course, um, you know, Sarah Bareilles and Renee, Elise Goldsberry. This makes me also want to see Waitress, because I think, isn't Sarah going back into Waitress when it reopens? Well, Waitress actually closed, but it's going to open oh. again with, but I, with Sarah Bareilles. Oh. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, and I'm, I, I loved Waitress. I saw the original cast. I really loved it. Um, but I, I would love to go back and see Sarah. Um, yeah, I, I ain't never seen it. Especially after this. Um, yeah, we should go. That'll be... That'll be enjoyable i actually i'm surprised i haven't pursued listening to the recording more because i really loved waitress and i not just loved um her but um she there was the the supporting cast was fantastic um mm-hmm. what's her name uh kimiko glenn yeah, um, yes and um uh what's his name uh some man yeah fits 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 Fitzgerald. Fits in the tantrums. <laughs> Christopher Fitzgerald, is that it? Oh, um, maybe. IMDB waitress. Where's our intern? God damn it. God damn it. Well, he got a job. Jason Gautier. They're all working. The thing is, yeah, I reach out to all these um, out-of-work Broadway actors, and I'm like, you guys want to be our intern? And they're like, sorry, hon, I just got back to you two weeks later. I'm, like, on set in Hollywood. Um, Fuck them. They need to be our intern. We how am I supposed to be recording the podcast and looking up who was in Wade? Christopher Fitzgerald. Yes, that's the person. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, but they've had quite a um, starry uh, line of replacement cast. So I don't know who is going to be in the show with um, Sarah Bareilles, but it surely will be fabulous people. Yeah. It, it might even be Gavin Creel because I think mm. that they. Um, they did it together in London, um, and uh, I think that they uh, hit it off really well. So. You know, I'm not much for standing Broadway uh, male talent. True that. But I do love me some Gavin Creel. You sure do. You you will put that um, uh, 
Gavin Creel, what is it? Uh, you know, before the not before the parade passes by. Put on your Sunday, Sunday clothes. clothes. You will put that in any old playlist. It'll Honey, be like Joni Mitchell, Sarah McLaughlin, so, Gavin Creel. You are so right. I will put those Sunday clothes on in any context because uh, you know, to me it fits in with those songs that bring me uh not only joy, but like it's, I, I put it in a lot of my morning, get, you know, marching around the breakfast table playlist because it really just gears <laughs> me up to go out and face the world. Face put the on world. my jewels. Yes, uh, thank, get thank my you. Get my hair out of the drawer. Countess Aurelia. Um, speaking of Gavin, though, did you ever get into his solo work? You know, the only. Uh, uh, exposure i have to it was on the beach with you and our friend jason i, I love that that first album good time nation one word is fucking amazing i remember really loving it and gavin actually has a voice that lends itself well to that kind of um totally i don't even know what you'd call it but i think of like you know panic at the disco or those type of bands where or, or the killers with mm, brandon flowers mm, yeah you know, those bands that have really cr- lead singers with really crazy good voices that are just, like, good voices anyway and could be on Broadway. I saw an amazing concert. Uh, Did you ever see the Zipper Theater? Did that close before you moved to the city? Mm, No. I I mean, maybe it... I don't know if it was open or not, but I have not heard of it. It was very cool space in, like, uh, an industrial space in, like, the West 30s. Um, A mannequin factory. Basically. I mean, it, it was, like, all the seats were, like, airplane seats or bus seats or, like, you know, school bus seats or whatever. Mm. Uh, it was very, very um, eclectic. But there was great stuff there, including the big hit revival of Jacques Brel's Alive and Well Living in Paris starring Gay Marshall. Mm. And um, But I saw Gavin Creel one night do a... Um, a live concert performance of the Good Time Nation album that was thrilling. Oh, wow. But I actually don't know his second album. I need to, I think I added it on my Spotify, but I have not really listened to it. Maybe I'll listen to him on one of my walks coming up. Yeah. It's actually great walk music. I I love good walk music. That's all I'm into right now. That's all I'm into. I actually made uh, uh, Everything Always Goes Back to Bette Midler with me, but I actually made this morning, you would have loved it. I made three separate Bette Midler playlists for myself. Uh, One is is called Bet with a Beat. And that's my walking music. Because so much of her music, I mean, think like Night in Black Leather, Big Noise from Winnetka, uh, Strangers in the Night, like that type of like yes. music yeah. that's perfect for walking. Um, and then, so Bet with a Beat is the first one. And then I made the second, which is Bet with a Ballad. And that's mm. the music that I walk to like at sunset, you know, when I'm trying to come down. Time of day. Um, and then, and then my third playlist is Bet with a Breeze. And that's oh. the playlist that I listen to. It's like, it's, it's upbeat and up-tempo, but it's not like the, you know, Bet's quote famous club hits. Like what, what uh, song would be an example of that? Um, well, I'm glad you asked. Um, Bet with a Breeze, big, uh, you know, like Chapel of Love, Leader of the Pack, okay. Delta Dawn. Yes. Say Goodbye to Hollywood, Paradise. Yes. Um, oh, you're talking my language. Ukulele Lady, Mr. Sandman. I mean, it's like still like, uh, joyful and kind of upbeat, but it's not, it's a little more chill and beachy. Love it. Love it. Anyway, that's, 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 that was my project today, but I did the homework for it yesterday on my walk because I listened to like five Bette Miller albums in a row. Yeah. I've been struggling because I'm like, my walk music has really been the, do I've been doing the work because as many of our listeners, I'm sure know, mm-hmm. we are in the midst of the second in our roses and daffodils series Currently oh, yes. working after the success of the Gypsy Roses and Daffodils last month, we're working on the Follies one, which is an extensive project where with mm-hmm. the weekly polls and all the factors going into it. So I've been really busy listening to all the versions of Follies. But but when I want to break from that, I've been listening to a lot of Sarah Vaughn. Mm. Um, but today I actually made myself a new playlist, which is, um, I don't know, are you familiar with the singer-songwriter Harry Chapin? Yeah. I'm like such a huge Harry Chapin fan and everyone will know Harry Chapin's song Cats in the Cradle mm-hmm. uh, or they might know his song Taxi, but a lot of his stuff is lesser well-known, less well-known. And um, mm-hmm. uh, But I first fell in love with Harry Chapin other than Cats in the Cradle when I was in high school and the school, I wasn't in it, but the school did a, um, a production of the Harry Chapin musical review, Lies and Legends. Mm-hmm. 
um, starring uh, my best friend Deborah and Michael Weiner, who would go on to write the Broadway musical First Date. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, and Michael is an incredible performer and is the most beautiful, powerful, thrilling voice. Anyway, they were so great. All the whole cast was great. And um, I was obsessed with it ever since. But so today I made my playlist of the songs from Lies and Legends in order, but the Harry Chapin recordings. Um, mm. And I don't know, I really love it. I kind of like want to like direct a revival of Lies and Legends in New York, you know? Well, I'll have to look into that. I don't know it at all. Maybe I would do it like at 54 Below or something, you know? Yeah, like, that sounds not, fun. Or Joe's Pub. Um, anyway. Um, well, I'm glad uh, you brought up our Follies playlist because I have a question for you. Yes. If you had to cast the four leads of Girls 5 you. Ever. I love you. It, I said Girls 5 Ever. <laughs> Girls 5 Ever. Uh, in a production of Follies, who would they be? Who would they play? That's an incredibly brilliant question. Um, I would be happy to answer it. And, um, Kai, I would cast Renee Mm -hmm. as Phyllis. Of course. And I would cast, um... I mean, I really want to cast Sarah as Sally, but I kind of feel like Girls 5 Eva style, like, really busy is Sally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I mean, if, if Paula Pell isn't calling out to be Hattie, I don't know who I is. I mean, a, a, a Hattie or Hattie was never to be had. True that. Uh, true that. True hat. Um, and uh, I, I guess Sarah could be Carlotta. Um, yeah. Um, no, no, Sarah Sarah should be Stella. Because, no, Sarah could be Car- Sarah should be Stella because Vanessa Williams should be oh, Carlotta. Oh, God, yes. God, yes. Stella, uh, Vanessa Williams should definitely be Carlotta. And then, wait, which one's Stella? Who's that woman? Oh, of course, of course. I always get that mixed up with Hattie. Uh yeah, and then... You know, by the way, Vanessa Williams was at one point supposed to play Phyllis. I mean, that would be good, too. I know. Um, but, I mean, for this, for our purposes, for, Re- yeah, Renee yeah. is such a good Phyllis. Such a good Phyllis. Um, and then, okay, then, uh, I guess out of, let's see, out of Andrew Rannells and Daniel Breaker, which ones would you assign to be uh, Buddy and which one would be Ben? I think um, Andrew Rannells would be Buddy and Daniel Breaker would be Ben, but it's not yeah. really good casting. No, but um, I, I mean, you have, yeah. I mean, if, or, um, St- or Stephen Colbert could be one of them. By the way, the twink that plays Stephen Colbert's butler. Uh-huh. You thought <laughs> I was, was Neil Patrick I, Harris? I thought Neil Patrick Harris was like wearing prosthetics. Yeah, you, you were so convinced that that was Neil Patrick Harris with like, uh, de-aging CGI. He looks like a young he Neil does, Patrick he Harris. Does, he does. And he has the same voice as him. Um, oh by the way, spe- also, of- Go ahead. Sorry. Well, it's also, we have to mention another Broadway great uh, playing their uh, old manager, Larry. You mentioned he is... Jonathan the- Hadari. Yeah, Hadari from the from the t- uh, Tyne Gypsy, you said? Yes, he was Herbie in the Tyne Daily Gypsy, uh, who we talked about at length in the... Mm-hmm. Um, Roses and Daffodils podcast episode because uh, I said that he was the gay musical theater Herbie. Jonathan Hadari, I saw when he replaced Nathan Lane opposite Faith Prince in Guys and Dolls. Mm. And Jonathan Hadari um, starred as Roy Cohn in the first national tour of Angels in America. Perfect. And Jonathan Hadari replaced Harvey Firestein in the original production of Torch Song Trilogy. Mm. Interesting. And he's done a million things. I mean, he's such such he, a great talent. Is he gay in real life or no? I don't know. I mean, I assume he certainly seems very gay. Um, he, uh, he He's done a lot of stuff, but he's he's a great talent and he's fabulous in this. Oh, my God. Oh, he was also, he was very memorable on uh, The Good Wife and on The Good Fight. You know, I was about to go say, I, I, I was about to say I should go rewatch The Good Wife. But one, I would never do that because that's like... A thousand hours. That's a lot for you. But uh, I, I actually don't even think I ever finished it. I think I like, you know, 
stopped watching one mid season and, and never got back on the train, but now I don't even know where I was. So. Forget it. Just skip it. it I, I don't love, I'm like, I did watch the whole thing cause I'm a completist in a lot of ways, but the good wife to me is like a solid B. It, yeah, it all, but yeah, it definitely is. The that. good fight is a solid A. A plus plus plus. And, and is it, is it like our, is it an hour procedural like the good wife or is it? Yeah. It's just way the fuck better. Mm. I mean, for starters, the stars, instead of being whatever the fuck that bitch's name is, the stars are Christine, oh. Christine Baranski and Audrey <laughs> McDonald. Christine Baranski. Oh, fabulous. I mean, I knew that. For some reason, I was thinking Christine Ebersol because of our dinner conversation we had about her a few nights ago. <laughs> yeah, she's not involved. Um, but I mean, Christine Baranski, Christine Baranski, Christine Baranski, yeah. till the cows come home. Till the cows come home. Love her. Love her. Another Taurus. Um, still in yes, Taurus season. I was like. very, very happy to know that. Um, so, okay. Well, um, what else do we... Oh, there's just some little things I wrote down that I just love so much. Just mm-hmm, lines. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I love the kind of, I don't know, the recurring gimmick of like um, when they were talking, when she said, I'm promoting this product that's a room temperature refrigerator called a Habinet. Uh-huh. And then later, I, uh, it was the, um, like the aquarium, the, 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 and, what do you call it? The ecological um, environment for crabs to live in is a crab habitat. Oh, that's funny. Um, I I loved when um, was it Renee who says a lie is just the truth on a deadline. I mean, I related to that character so much, mm-hmm. like with like her debts and everything. Oh, I was like, sure. oh my god, excuse me. Um, uh, I loved the little boy. Uh, what was it? Uh, was it um, in her? in her like fantasy when he's like mom no sorry it was oh the whole thing about only children oh um, yeah like lonely lonely boy or whatever lonely new york lonely boy yeah uh, but the thing he's like mommy for dessert can we have more soup <laughs> <laughs> she takes him to the ice cream truck and he wants earl gray from mr softy <laughs> oh my god it was I, again that's just it's like it's so specific and, smart and it's so comedy. smart yeah. so smart it's just like and then they go to the store. Uh, what is it's like fedoras and fountain pens or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where her son wants to go is fedoras and fountain pens. <laughs> um, oh my god! Oh, the song the song lyrics are also really good. Oh, um, of course. I mean that song. The theme song has been stuck in my head all week. But all the, like I'm that's good walking music. That's what I should listen to. All the songs are so catchy. What's the lyric? Um. um we're going to do it our way, like Sinatra or Burger King. Or Burger King, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also just in the mo- with the most beautiful, like, Sarah Bareilles piano chords and progressions. Yes. Oh, my God. But also, like, the journey of them, like, starting off, like, not knowing how to write songs. Because, well, it's so hilarious that all their songs are so misogynist, like, from their original career in the 90s. Right, right, right. And then they have to, like, learn how to, like, you know, find themselves. I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, the show actually has a really great message, but it goes down, like, candy. Like candy. I mean, it goes down like that like that Cabernet that they get from the soda fountain. Oh I mean, God. it's just smooth baby. And also I, I have to say it, I mean, it starts out so strong and I was immediately drawn in, but it really just gets better as you watch it. Like it just gets better and better. Um, and I was loving it even more by the end. Me too. I'm, I'm really sad that it's over. Like, I mean, not over, over, but like I, like I, I started watching um, Hacks last night. Me too. Me too. Which is obviously everything. Everything. But like, um, I was so angry because I'm like, you know, they're like making me wait and not just giving you the whole series at yeah. once. Mm-hmm. But in a way, I do appreciate it because I feel like Hacks is now going to be part of my life for a little while. Me whereas too. like Girls Five Eva, I just kind of like snorted and like now I'm just like yeah. left bereft. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Now you're crashing. Totally. I um, I also watched Hacks last night and I, I've been watching, I've actually been watching a lot more TV lately because I, I haven't been for a while. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And it's been really exciting because there's so many great shows that have recently come out. Yeah. But they're all. Um, starring Gene Smart. <laughs> starring Gene Smart. Uh, but, you know, Mayor of Easttown we talked about mm. is the first one I started. And I've kind of, and of course I'm catching up on Handmaid's Tale, the, the recent season. So fucking good. So good. Oh my God. Last episode. But, um, 
I, I kind of enjoy the, the having something to look forward to each week, you know, it's, and I'm glad it's just not drag race, you know, it's like an actual like story. I'm actually looking forward to seeing like what Kate Winslet gets up to next week. And um, it's kind of nice being able to like enjoy it uh, weekly and having meeting these little meetings with your friends to look forward to and not just having to like force yourself <laughs> to take it all at once, you know? Yeah, I know. I just, I don't I mean, like I them it. being in charge of how much I get. <laughs> right, right. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've also been watching, I watched Hacks last night, which I mean, is just, I mean, we could do a whole, a whole nother episode about that, but also a show that I'm just like, how, what did we do to deserve this gift? Like just such a yeah. show that I never thought I would get, but like the Joan Rivers of it all, like the, totally. the Gene Smart of it all, uh, it's just I so mean, good. Speaking of designing women, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I have loved Jean Smart since Oh, yeah, then, I guess that's a good tie-in, yeah. But to be honest, like, back in the day, I loved her, but if I had to choose, she was probably last on my list. Yeah, I mean, she's probably the last on many people's list. I mean, obviously we're talking about the real designing women. Like, mm-hmm. once they had, like, fucking, like, Judith Ivy, it's a different story, you know? But, right, like... Right. You know, I, I don't watch those seasons anyway, but, um, but like over the last few years, I mean, when Jean Smart was on Fargo, anyone who hasn't oh, seen that season, God, yes. do y'all self a favor. That Playing is, like, like the Tony Soprano of this, uh, oh. Midwestern crime family just, and then the final scene, she like gets stabbed in a hotel parking lot. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, oh God. Oh God. She's so good. So good. I mean. And, like, I remember people being all excited about her because um, she played, uh, like, the Katie Finneran part in Promises, Promises, Mm. if you will. You Mm -hmm. know, like, the drunk Mm -hmm. lady with one scene. I forget who played it in the original production. Um, But she she did that, I guess, in the, like, Los Angeles reprise production. Mm -hmm. And I think... Maybe she played Joanne and Company there, or mm. no, it wasn't her. It wasn't her. Mm. But like they, she was discussed as a possibility, and like I want to go down that road. Like you yeah. know, basically what I'm saying is, I want Patty to abandon Company so she can star <laughs> yeah. in the West End revival of Hello Dolly. Yeah, and I want Jean Smart to play Joanne on Broadway. Well, I'm so excited to see what's, I mean, obviously Jean is like a veteran and she, I mean, I, I was also reading this thing with her and she, I love what she says when asked about this real moment she's having. Cause she was like, I've always been a late bloomer. So, you know, mm. she's done the work. I mean, it's very uh, true to her character in, in Hus- uh, what's it called? Hustlers hacks. Um, <laughs> you know, she's like uh, a veteran, a show she's done TV for a long time. She, she's done a ton of movies. I mean, the first thing I ever saw her in, I think, was Homeward Bound. Uh, I don't even know what that is. It's it's the one that starred Sally Field as the cat and Michael J. Fox. As... <laughs> you are not helping me to know what that is. <laughs> it's this movie about these dogs getting lost. These the two dogs and a cat getting lost, and they have to find their way home to their families. Wait, so is I don't, is it a cartoon? No, it's like real animals being filmed you know, in precarious situations, one of whom is voiced by Michael J. Fox. The cat is voiced by Sally Field. And I forget who voices the dog shadow. Um, but it's so good. I mean, it's one of those movies that will make you cry as a kid be- I, as I, the I, dog <laughs> comes limping over the hill in the final scene. But I yeah, Gene Smart know. plays like a veterinarian or like a wildlife conservationist or something. I just remember she helps find the animals or she helps rescue them. Um, and then of course, uh, that laugh, that ha laugh that she does so well in Hacks, I um, immediately gave me this sense memory to watching the Brady Bunch as a kid and her playing that like uh, boozy neighbor. Yes, I forgot about that. Laid out on, is she married to like Michael McKeon or something? And like Cindy comes over and uh, she's laying on the couch with the eye mask and the Bloody Mary and she's yes. like, so how's your daddy? Oh my god! And she's like, and then, and then he can't understand Cindy because of her lisp, and he's like, "I'm sorry, sweetie, I just can't." And she's like, "She wants the Brady's mail, Larry." <laughs> Great line. Anyway, yeah, she's she's a legend, and I'm oh god, hacks! I just I'm just foaming at the mouth for the next episode. Okay, here's a Dolly concert kill for you. Oh, thank God, Gene Smart. Mm. 
Tina Fey. Mm. Dolly Parton. Mm. Oh, God. Uh, but I can't cheat and get Tina as Dolly, I guess. Um, you, you could I, mean, I, could, I mean, I could get Tina as Dolly as Dolly. You uh, are the uh, producer and director and uh, uh, Grim Reaper. <laughs> you know, I, what I think I want is, um, I mean, I have, I have Dolly as Dolly is a no brainer. And then I, wa- I would love like an evening with Gene Smart or like Gene Smart yeah. or heck, not even an evening with. Give me Gene Smart at Madison Square Garden. Give me Gene <laughs> Smart yeah. doing like a stadium tour. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tina, you know, can quote produce. <laughs> what about you? From- oh, God. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I've got to go Dolly as Dolly, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, even you if you not. were like, even if you were like, Ben, I'm from the future. Dolly is bad in Dolly. I right. still want to, I still want to see, see for myself. You got to get the merch at least. Yeah. And so then I would say, uh, I want like, I want like Gene Smart's like one woman Broadway, like tour de force. Like Gene Smart's at Liberty. Exactly. Think, um, uh, get smart. Yeah. <laughs> Gene Genie. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll send Tina Fey to the big 30 rock in the sky. Yes, yes. That's, 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 that's what we should say more often is send them to the big 30 rock in the sky. I got to say, I like Girls 5 Eva even more than 30 Rock or Kimmy Schmidt. Me too. And, you know, I was – I go through phases with 30 Rock. Sometimes I'm in the mood. Sometimes I'm not – but after very we, true, Thirty Rock is a show, and Kimmy Schmidt a little bit too, but especially Thirty Rock, that like w- you have to be in the mood. It can be the best the, show yeah. in the world, but you have to be in that zone. I can't just like in the middle of my normal life just drop everything and watch Thirty Rock. Right. Well, and that's kind of what I tried to do last night because I was still like riding the high from Girls by Veva. So I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, I'll go back and I'll watch some Thirty Rock, and I was just like not here for. I was like not into it. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It's just 30 Rock. You kind of have like, I think you said this before. You kind of have to be in that world for a while in order to like fully appreciate the. It, listen, you have to be there in order to want to go to there. Want to go to there. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, Girls 5 Ever goes down a little smoother. And I also I love Kimmy more than 30 Rock as well. Um, I, wait, I didn't say I loved it more than 30 Rock. No, I, I'm saying I love it. I love Kimmy more than 30 Rock, just like I love Girls 5 Eva more than 30 oh, Rock. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. And because I think... Uh, I don't know why I was, like, afraid that, like, Alec Baldwin was going to be listening and be like, hey! I mean, we know Elaine Stritch is listening, so I, I understand. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... I don't know if it's kind of that these shows, they're just... People are nicer to each other, maybe, or they're friends. I mean, I feel like in 30 Rock, like, no one really likes each other. Everyone's mean to each other, which is hilarious. But, um, like, Girls 5 Ever is such, like, a buddy comedy, you know? Well, yeah, it's and, true. 30 Rock kind of doesn't have an emotional center. Yeah, it's kind of cynical. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, I guess it's about Liz Lemon, mm-hmm. but, like, it's, Liz Lemon is still the butt of the joke in a certain way. Right. Um and, um, you know, that there's, there's more heart to these other shows. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you have the Kimmy who's just like, you know, radiates joy. I mean, and then Kimmy's the butt of the joke, but exactly. She radiates joy. So you, and, 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 and her joy is infectious. I mean, Kimmy sort of like, despite what, she, whatever travails come her way, mm-hmm. there's this sort of sense of Kimmy, like succeeding against all odds. Right. What uh, other shows are you watching right now? Well, of course, uh, Mayor of Easttown, uh, featuring Gene Smart. Hacks, featuring Gene Smart, starring Gene Smart. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, what else did I, what else have I been watching? Uh, is that it? I mean, I just finished, oh, Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Are you watching that? Of course. Of course. I mean, I, I started watching on the plane, on my, on the plane ride home from my recent trip, and you co- had like you had never watched before? Oh no no, I I had watched but I was watching the new season. Gotcha. So I started season 4 on my plane ride and it, it kind of does this thing which it does has done before like the first two episodes I thought were like I was kind of like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to like the season. But then it found its footing and it kind of really 
you know, gives gives you what you want, which is like the end out of it all. And my experience of Handmaid's Tale is so not um, that like uh, artistic. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I watch Handmaid's Tale. Like my family are refugees, and I'm getting a call from them. Everybody, be quiet. Yeah, just on the <laughs> like, edge of your seat. I I I am not. I never watch Handmaid's Tale and think about the actors or the writing or whether or not <laughs> I like the choices. I'm like, oh, you don't like it. I don't like this country being overrun by fucking Gilead. I'm just trying to get to the next page. Right. Right. No, I get it. I mean, it, it, in this season especially, it's oh god, it's it's bleak. But um, well, uh, in some ways it's more bleak, but in other ways it's less bleak. I feel well, it's less bleak because she's out of Gilead. Spoiler alert! But um, it's uh, I mean, just some of those scenes, like those torture scenes, and like oh god, I'm like I don't care, I don't care how many like old school like sunny pop songs you overlay against these scenes of horrific torture like it's still horrifying i don't know like i i mean i was certainly horrified but the the torture wasn't graphic in a way where like i had to like look away true i guess i guess i they was, don't they don't like show you her fingernails being ripped off no, or anything oh god you know? but that scene where you see like it's about to happen oh god <laughs> stomach churning right up right up to the edge but but then you you don't have to go there Exactly. Here's what I was thinking last night as I watched the latest episode, which is like just super good and, and really harrowing and, and it leaves you really hanging. Uh, I think this, okay, they should do this season. And then I think the next season, season five should be the final season. And I, hey! I mean, it's just, listen, how, how much longer can we go? I mean, she's as escaped. long as they're willing to, I will watch. We need to we need to be smart and be Arthur about this. Like, get out while the getting's good, you know? No, I no, uh-uh, not at all. I will be there in the Golden Palace. <laughs> the Golden Gilead Palace. Yes. Um, but here's I this is what I want. If I was a writer on the show, I would say the final episode of the whole series needs to be the final standoff between June and Aunt Lydia. And June, of course, needs to I mean, I kind of feel like we got that this season. Yeah, but but June was still like a prisoner. You know, she didn't get to give Lydia what was coming to her. She she had a moment though. She I did, thought that was she, pretty exciting. But she decided to take the high road and and not hurt her. You know, and and to leave with the other girls. I don't know. You're probably not going to like this, but like I could be happy if Aunt Lydia like died. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, Anne Dowd. Like her scenes are my favorite. No, of course I'm all about Anne Dowd, but like I, the no, thing about Anne Dowd, her, you have to have her, you have to have that, that battle, you have to have that pull coming from the other side or else half of what June's fighting against isn't exciting. Cause I don't care about those men in that room. I, I do. Oh my God. So I, much. I, Aunt Lydia is like, is like the Maleficent, you know, she's like, um, the no, Maleficent was glamorous. Well, I mean, okay, maybe she's the Ursula. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, but we need that wicked witch character in order that balances out June because, you know, there's, and it's so complicated with the other men because June's kind of friendly with them. I like how this episode's just turned into us talking about TV. Um, but I, <laughs> well, that- <laughs> I, I want the final standoff to be, it was, it's like a June and Aunt Lydia moment. And that's how the series ends. Is I mean, June the other thing is besides my, Besides my personal feelings, mm-hmm. I kind of keep thinking that Aunt Lydia is gonna like have a ch- like a uh, like a consciousness awakening. I keep thinking that too, but I don't think it's gonna happen because unlike the men, mm-hmm. um, you you really understand the psychology and like the cycle of abuse with Aunt Lydia, mm-hmm. and like, and you see her again and again in new and different ways being um, disappointed by and having to maneuver within the system of the men. I mean, in a way, Aunt Lydia is a great parallel to, um, you know, Mrs. Waterford. What's yeah. her name? Uh, um, uh, yeah. Um, um, oh, uh, Serena. 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 You know, Serena. What's her? What's her? Serena Joy. Serena Joy. Yeah, because they are both—they're both women who therefore are disempowered by the system, and they both—they um, uh, have more power than 
the handmaids have, but you know, mm-hmm. not as much as the men. And you see the men letting them down and disappoint. It's like they bought in to a certain philosophy mm-hmm. of Gilead. And then Gilead doesn't live up to that in the ways that they expected it to. Mm-hmm. And you see how they deal with that. And they're, they're both, you know, finagling it for themselves and, you know, for what they believe in. But, but I don't know, they both have had to, finagle several times and sort of, you know, recalibrate. And I, I certainly with Serena, like, you know, her path is very much um, parted with the Gilead philosophy. Oh, yeah, you know? I love, I love her arc. I think she's, yeah. she's such a fascinating character and I love but that I, actress. Totally. But I think don't sleep on Lydia's arc. Because well, here, it's okay, not- here's another way it could go is the final confrontation is like, June actually has the opportunity. It's June, June versus Lydia. June actually has the opportunity to kill Lydia, but she shows mercy on her. Yeah. But it's like Gilead's fallen. So like Lydia's actually just going to be like uh, prosecuted or whatever. But June shows mercy on her and actually like testifies on her behalf or something in order to show mercy and grace. Or, 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 or physical mercy, like maybe has the opportunity to kill her and does it. I mean, I, I definitely think that's very possible because I feel like June more than any other character, June understands um, Lydia. Yes. And even this, in this season, especially we're seeing kind of the, the turning of June from just like trying to do the right thing to like actually being a little bit of a vigilante and like actually uh, being pro violence instead of just pro life for lack of a better term. Yeah. But I mean, like when she did have the standoff with Lydia, even though she was a prisoner, Mm -hmm. the fact that she understood Lydia's psychology enough to push her buttons like that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's such a, a mutual understanding or at least from June's side that I think that we could see what you proposed to some extent. Yeah. And I mean, God, Elizabeth Moss is phenomenal. I I have such mixed feelings about Elizabeth Moss because now this is the second series in a row where I have felt so connected to her. Like, yeah, it makes, it makes me want to convert to Scientology. If I saw Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss on the street, I would feel like I was seeing you on the street, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and yet, like, I, you know, I so uh, oppose Scientology. <laughs> and so it's like, it's hard, you know. Um, it is hard. It is hard. And and especially because we know all those things that Scientology believes, which is, like, really ass-backwards stuff. And yet, But I don't even mind their beliefs as much as their, you know, they have a right to their beliefs, but their policies are so horrible. I, 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 sure. But also it's, like, knowing all of that about them and then seeing... Yeah, seeing Liz Moss playing a character so convincingly who is about the rights of minorities and women and the disenfranchised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She obviously, to some extent, subscribes to the beliefs of Handmaid's Tale. I mean, she's one of the producers. Yeah, and and um, she directed one of the episodes this season. I I mean, there's no way that Elizabeth Moss is just like, this is just a job for you stupid liberals, but I secretly think women should be enslaved. You know, I mean, I mean, that's an oversimplification of what Scientology is anyway, but women do not have full agency there in the same way that men do. When it's a very um, hierarchical environment, you know, like money and power anyway. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, (laughs) uh, speaking of money and power, money and power, Thank you for writing us those reviews and rating us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yes. Should we read the latest one? Our, our, yes, our latest let's do review? it. Okay, our latest review. Oh, we just oh, got we another one. Okay. I haven't seen this one yet. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you read this first one, then I'll read the one we got last week. Okay, this one is sub- uh, subject is Fully Obsessed. And it's by Judy Dean, as in if Judy Garland married Maddie Dean. No, but Maddie Deems was his name. So I don't know what Judy Dean means. Um, She says, every time I put on this, I don't know why I'm so confident that Judy Dean is a cis man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, it's probably Judy Garland and Dean Martin. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Um, They say... Every time I put on this podcast, I learn one to two million things. I consider it an invaluable resource for anyone who's looking for an earnest, funny, sometimes irreverent musical theater podcast. 
fully obsessed. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank so you, sweet. Judy Dean. Thank you, Judy Dean. Um, next up is from Larry of NYC. I'm pretty Ooh. sure this is our uh, listener. Larry Fuxberg. Larry on, on next year, some year. Love for the ladies of Broadway. Ben and Daniel revere a Broadway belt and have put it on display for theater lovers as one of the brightest lights in the world of podcasts. Love their spirit and humor and showcasing of incredible singers on every show. Oh my God. Tattoo that on my back. Yes. Yeah, well, honey. you too can have your review shared on the pod and you can really help us make an impact on the world. Just think there might be somebody out there that doesn't know how incredible Tyne Daly or Angela Lansbury was in Gypsy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and if, if this, you could help us skyrocket to the next level and next thing you know, we're working with Tina Fey to produce a Follies TV show starring Anne Dowd, Gene Smart, and Dolly Parton. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> okay, well, uh, this has been so fun. Now I'm so like, fun. Now I'm itching to go watch more of uh, more programs. I want to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, I'm actually going to go on my walk and I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to this girl's five ever soundtrack. Yes. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. <laughs> this episode was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Rimmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Nolan with an A, isn't it? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.